This episode is brought to you by Cumulus Candies. I have been so stoked to tell you all about this amazing little company that found me, actually. These are small batch craft cannabis hard candies. Um, They have been available on the medical market in Oregon since 2015, and they are finally going to be launching in Oregon in the recreational market starting mid-January this year. So in just a couple of weeks. So these candies are made with natural flavoring, no added color, no high fructose corn syrup. Um, Their Sour Blue Raz and their Oregon Marionberry are both award-winning flavors. And I think that my favorite, favorite thing about these candies is the 2.5 milligram dosage. Um, They're just 2.5 calories a piece too. And so it makes it perfectly easy and smooth to find your special sweet spot or dosage. Um, it's, It's a company that is developed by a woman made for busy women and moms like me who, um, really, really enjoy the health benefits and the psych benefits of uh, cannabis, but need a much, much more milder or customizable dosage than tends to be available regularly. So um, you can follow up with and uh, keep an eye on where you'll be able to purchase these candies by following Cumulus Candies on Instagram, which is at Cumulus Candies. They're also on TikTok at Cumulus.Candies. And then make sure you save and bookmark their website, CumulusCandies.com, because that is going to be the best place for updates on where it's available at retail locations in Oregon, uh, reviews, as well as merch that's going to be available for purchase as well. So if you are local to that area, definitely, definitely keep an eye on this amazing uh, small batch handmade company. I I just absolutely adore them and I'm so excited um, to have them sponsor the show. I'm Danny, That Witch Next Door, and you're listening to That Witch Podcast. Welcome back to another episode here at That Witch Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm That Witch Next Door. I'm your host, your guide, your mentor, and instructor in all things magic, witchcraft, astrology, and witchy business. And pardon me while I put away the cards from the pre-show tarot reading on YouTube, which was really good, by the way. Um, You can head over to YouTube now if you haven't caught that yet. Um, Today is going to be a quick and valuable hitter. I'm very excited about this episode, about this specific fundamentals of magic episode. So I get this question in my DMs a lot. It's been an episode I have wanted to do for a long time. Um, And so I cannot wait to explore and open up your door and your journey into deity worship. So... If you identify as pagan, you know, that does not automatically mean that you have to 
therefore identify as a witch by any means. They very often go together and many individuals equally identify with both, um, myself included. And so I very easily say, you know, I'm an eclectic pagan pagan witch. That's probably the most accurate term for me. You can call me a kitchen witch, a death witch, and a cosmic witch, um, a hearth witch, a hedge witch. But uh, the term that really encompasses all of those would be an eclectic pagan witch. But again, paganism is not exclusive to witchcraft. And witchcraft is not exclusive to paganism. Uh, There are forms of paganism and forms of witchcraft in honestly, like every culture <clears throat> throughout history, quite honestly, there, there are belief systems across the world, across centuries that worshipped and followed multiple deities, which is all pagan means. That's the only definition of it. Um, you worship multiple deities instead of one. Um, and then witchcraft is the magic practice of that culture. Okay. And some people call it witchcraft and some people have different names for it in different cultures, but that's a good, you know, umbrella term, I guess, or general term for just magic practice. So if you find yourself drawn to working with other energies in general, um, and even if you don't necessarily feel called to specifically working with deities. I would still then encourage you to listen to this episode because a lot of the basics that I'm going to go over today can be applied to working with any entity and energy work, whether the name or face you put to it is a deity or an extraterrestrial or a multidimensional or an angel, or a spirit guide, or the universe, or spirit, or source, or God, or Jesus, lit, or a saint, or I could go on and on. Any kind of, I'm serious. This is the, this concept of, of following and worshiping, um, is very, very universal. Uh, look, I mean, let's just look at human history. We've been, we've been following and worshiping a, a higher power, I guess, is that's the most accurate way to say it. Some form or forms of higher powers, uh, like as far back as we can tell in written history, at least, you know? And so it is this, this concept and this practice that we are very drawn to. And, <laughs> and on the hard flip side of that, many, many cultures, practices, and belief systems and organizations have, and individuals have totally poisoned and traumatized and harmed and damaged worship and spirituality. Okay. And, and I really implore you, I really implore you to validate your religious pain and trauma that you might have. We all have different forms of it. Most of us have some form of it. Um, and I, I want you to validate it and, and you have it and you acknowledge that. And I want you to still carry that with you and open your mind 
and and think about about working with other energies outside of yourself because i i i recognize <clears throat> i recognize that the term worship is very very heavy and carries quite the connotation with it for most people um but we guess what we get to totally redefine that if we want and i really encourage you to because you can unlock a part of your practice um, so much bigger than yourself. And it can be totally non-denominational in nature still, okay? It can still be very nature-based, very you-based, very personal, okay? Um, and so so I just wanted to offer that that disclaimer at the beginning that regardless of the energies or entities that you're you're drawn to or, or, or the ones that you feel very put off by, I still encourage you to at least educate yourself and listen in on the, the inner workings of this practice, really. So first and foremost, uh, a deity is usually defined by or looked at as a god or a goddess, okay? This could be in a religion, a belief system, or a mythology. And a lot of practitioners work with many different deities from many different cultures, sometimes forever. Sometimes they work with different deities at different times of their life. You can also sprinkle in here all other kinds of magical beings. Um, So practitioners and witches can work with deities, gods, and goddesses. And or, you know, the fae, fairies, aliens, and extraterrestrials, like I said, multidimensionals, spirits, meaning whether, and when I say spirits, I mean in a very general sense, or ancestor work, which is usually implies someone that's also a spirit and has passed on, but has direct family or lineage ties to you, okay? So that's just a little bit of the difference. Some people do, some death witches um, and just and witches or practitioners in general do spirit work in general, um, and some specifically do ancestor work, and some do both. Okay, I I do a little bit of both um, personally. There are there are many many different entities. Some people work with uh, unicorns and dragon energy. Um, I I really. I really want you to keep a very, very open mind and know that everyone's practice is their own and our like human judgment of that's not real. That's, that is totally fake. You're a crazy person. Like, you know, some people really might be living in la-la land and totally spiritually bypassing their experience here on earth. You're probably totally right. I come across people like that all the time. I get it. It's still their own bag and it's still their own experience. And I can continue walking on my fucking way without coming in and being like, just so you know, none of that's real. And like, I'm just saying that there is a line between, you know, advocating for for being grounded in our experience here and shitting over other people's experience and telling them magic's dead and not real and things like that. So when you hear of practitioners that work with unicorn energy and dragon energy, you know, why 
why is a mythological creature like a Pegasus or a centaur or or a fawn, why why are those any different than a mythological god or goddess? Ding, ding, ding. They're not any different. Same. So it's an energy, therefore, that you can call on and work with. These are... Some of them are ideas that came into existence. Some of them we experience in our physical realm in this dimension. Some of them we work with in other dimensions on different networks. It's, it's, it's very, there's the sources for all of these energies are, can be very different. Um, and, and we know some of them very confidently as practitioners. But a lot of this work is very purposefully shrouded in a lot of mystery. When we're here on earth school, when we're here in these earthly incarnations, you know, a big part of our lessons here is to take leaps of faith and to believe, right? We learned this lesson in Pisces. And so... We're therefore not meant to fully understand everything. So if you find yourself feeling like very adamant, but if I can't see it, but if I think it's fake, then that type of work is not for you. And that's totally a-okay. And guess what? You're still just as much of a witch. You're still just as much of a practitioner if you don't identify as pagan or you don't work with any outside entities outside of yourself. So I just really, really want you to feel empowered by your choice because that is like the fundamental, for me, like one of the fundamental keys underlying entity and outside like deity work in in a manifestation or spiritual practice, okay? You need to remember that you are always in the driver's seat. And when you are done with something, you can be done. If you change your mind and you want to be done, you can. If you want to stay with something, if you want to, whatever it is, you have choice and control over your situation, okay? So know that. That being said, that means at any time, throughout your practice and your path, I promise you that if things ever feel like beyond your control, you can bring them into control. So if you have been following a certain path or practice that at some point, or or energy or entity that at some point feels like this straight up does not resonate with me anymore, you can cut that cord and nothing bad will happen. You can just go your separate way. That is a natural part of our universe and our existence. Things can separate and go separate ways. So I want to take a lot of that fear off of a lot of you newbies out there that feel very drawn to deity or other energy and entity work and feel very, very held back by this fear that this higher power, that it means they're they're more powerful than you. I actually don't like that term. I only use that term so that people, it's a non-denominal, a non-denominational term that I use that a lot of people understand. That's why I use it. I don't actually love that term. It makes this like hierarchy. And, and you know, if that's how you view and practice your craft and your magic and, and your your spiritual relationships, cool. That's how you do it. For me, it really is about 
equal exchange, um, whether it's between humans or, or spiritual beings or humans and, you know, and we are spiritual beings. So, so for me, it's a lot more about equal exchange. So the gratitude or the quote unquote worship, right? That's what it's called. The worship that I offer my deities in the offerings that I give them, for example, you know, to an outsider, this looks like, oh my God, look at this part. Like you're just giving all of these things. Like it, it seems like, it doesn't seem equal is what I mean from an outside perspective. And what I want to, you know, give you this, this little peek behind the curtain, if you will, if you don't know anybody that works with, with deities, um, it is actually a very equal exchange. There is a relationship and a bond there. There's a support system there. And and the practitioner or the follower of that that entity, and when I say follower, I mean it you you find this entity or this energy or deity to have qualities or knowledge or masterings about it that you can benefit and learn and grow from. Okay, so it's really similar to following somebody on Instagram that you really, really admire and interacting with them and building this relationship with them and, and really enjoying their free content. And so you get on your platform and you, you share their, like so many of you do for me. I love that you do that. Um, you get on your platform and you share my show and you tell people, I just want to tell people how great this show is. Go share it with as many people as you can. Like that's your way of showing your gratitude for an exchange, right? Because you feel like you get a lot of value out of my show. It's the same thing with a deity. That's why it's not about like lowly person and amazing God or goddess. And that's the old way. We don't do it that way anymore, all right? It doesn't need to be that way. We have gained knowledge. We've evolved as a human race beyond that type of worship. So you're right, okay? Is that what you need to hear? You're right. There's been lots of toxic religious worship and practice throughout so many centuries and millennia. You're right. Cool. Now a lot of us are changing that. And if you want to be a part of that, we'd love to have you. And and deity worship really is much more of this equal exchange. It feels much more like a mentorship to me. That is a, like my favorite word to describe how my relationship with Hades feels, for example. Like that feels like a mentorship. Um when it comes to my relationship with Persephone, which is much, much newer. I only just started working with Persephone about a year ago. Um, I've worked with her, um, but I, I really devoted and like brought her into the practice <clears throat> and brought and created a space for her on my altar and everything and really brought her into my practice and devoted myself to, to her teachings and her, her school, if you will, quite honestly, it's like signing up for a school, um, about a year ago. And I really, really work with Persephone specifically on duality. This is why you see so many of the, those themes in the show, because I've been working so much on duality, duality, duality. When my practice was first focused around Hades, a lot of my shadow work and well, even waking just regular work in life, a lot of my lessons that would be brought to me surrounded uh, shadow work specifically and embracing and loving my darkness and, and helping other people 
find and explore and embrace and learn to love their darkness. Um, This is where, you know, we talked about on my Death Witch episode, this is where I really started encountering lessons around my fears around death and endings and change and transformation, okay? These are what my themes with Hades looked like. With Persephone, a lot of it is dualities, balance, that bringing in that life aspect, bringing in that light aspect, that spark aspect, right? Um, which is what I love about the Hades and Persephone, uh, a duo of energy, if you will, or couple. Um, and then I also work with, I, I specifically devote myself to three, but I work with lots of other energies. Um, uh, ancient, ancient goddess Inanna, who eventually became Ishtar and eventually became Venus and Aphrodite. Um, but ancient, ancient Sumerian goddess um, from uh, the Sumerians who are some of the oldest texts that we've ever found to date. Um, <clears throat> and so I work with Inanna specifically on both my strength and my grace and graciousness because she is a God not only of love and beauty, but she's also the, or this goddess of sex and war and agriculture. And honestly, like, I really feel like the deities associated with agriculture, everyone's like, ah, abundance. There's a lot of hard work that goes into abundance deities and abundance work. You have to work for that to get to harvest. That's agriculture work. <laughs> That's backbreaking work. So there, there really is a lot of strength specifically that I, I remind, I'm reminded of in myself, in my work with Inanna and, and my softness and my grace. It's both. And so these are, I really wanted to give you an idea of, you know, why some people might work with deities and some of the things that they might get out of that work. To give you a different perspective, you know, this is very similar. And I do this very, very much so with my astrology. Um, You know, you can do this same type of work with all of the planetary bodies as well. And many practitioners and astrologers and witches do. I make and create offerings for the planets very regularly. Um, I guess the only reason I don't say I'm devoted to them the way I do with my other three is because Hades, Persephone, and Inanna, I have altars for in my house. And then with the planets, it's a lot more of honoring and working with them in my studies, in my work, obviously. And the offerings that I, that I give to them are much, honestly, they take place a lot of times at my, at my desk, you know, during work time or during study or things like that. Um, I'll, when I go to brew myself a cup of tea, I'll brew a cup for Saturn or I'll make a cup for Mercury. You know, I'll pour a shot for Mercury on a Friday night, especially during a Mercury retrograde (laughs) to kind of sweeten, sweeten the situation a little bit. Um, I definitely do that. Um, and so, Yeah, I just, I really want a lot of you that don't do deity worship or work with outside energies to 
pick up on the laid back, casual, like it's sacred work, but that doesn't mean scary. And I think that we need to be reminded of that. Sacred doesn't have to mean scary and sacred doesn't even have to mean intimidating. When we embrace the fact that we're all beings of this universe, you know, it gives us that greater equality and we don't put so much of our power into the hands of other, other people sometimes or other energies or entities. And sometimes those other energies or people or entities didn't ask for that power. I tell, I remind clients, for example, all the time, I don't make your decisions for you. That That's, that's for you. Um, and I don't, <clears throat> I don't even just say that in like a luxury way. I mean, like you have that power. You think I know so much more than you because I, I have studied and, and learned this skill, you know, taking astrology, for example, so well. And, you know, it does give me a deeper understanding or a more or different understanding, I guess I should say. But ultimately, I don't have any more knowledge or power than you over your own life. Nothing does. When I tell you, you create your own reality, and I mean the creator of your own reality, like when, especially it comes to the metaphysical space, babe, you can do anything. You can work with anyone. You can protect yourself against anyone. You can remove any kind of bad energy anyone sends on you. If you need a reminder of that, don't forget, you know, go back and listen to the, uh, the cleansing 101 episode <coughs> because you you are that witch already, I promise. So if you're feeling called, especially by a specific deity, you get to choose. If you're feeling called and you want to and you're feeling intimidated because of your conditioning, of course I encourage you to still explore that. Exploring doesn't mean committing. But if you're feeling called or noticing signs or messages from a deity and you specifically don't want to work with them, you don't have to. That's totally okay. So, all right, once you understand your boundaries or at the very least, you know, because you might find, you might find some of your boundaries along the way. Once you understand the power in your boundaries and that you really have full control and decision over the entire experience, which relationships you do engage in, what practices you do with those energies, what you don't do, what you continue to work with and what you stop, right? You have this total control. Once you accept um, and really embrace that control and that power, then you can kind of get started. So it depends. Number one, like I mentioned, a deity might be calling to you. This can look like seeing the same sign over and over and over again, the same type of bird, the same type of animal image, the same, like bird meaning flying in the sky, like local to you. For me, um, with Inanna, it was ravens, 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 ravens. Um, and like, I mean, very, very particularly interesting sightings and situations with ravens. You know what I mean? Of course you do. There's a difference between a sighting and a sign. That is a very important little differentiation. A sign is that thing that makes you go, 
Is that a sign? Usually, yes, when he makes you think that. And not all signs are, like, huge or whatever. They might just be, like I said, a deity or an entity, like, putting out feelers to you and, like, calling to you. And they do this in a human form that we can understand here in our understanding, here in our reality, here in our dimension, okay? And so... Pay attention to little signs like that. It could be seeing a symbol over and over again. Doesn't have to just be like an animal spirit, okay? It can be seeing the same symbol over and over again. Uh, With Hades, it was definitely, definitely skulls and skeletons. And again, these were very interesting coincidences, things that kind of made me, hmm, so that when I decided to reach out, and this is kind of the next step, when I decided to reach out and figure out who it was that was calling to me, uh, for me with Hades, for example, that was through tarot with Inanna. That was through meditation. Uh, Persephone was also through meditation, through a download I received. And, and so when you do decide to reach out, just know that by reaching out and putting out your feelers, like you don't, you don't have to say yes. Uh, the reaching out part doesn't commit you to anything. That's all I wanted to, to make note of there. Um, but if it's something that you do want to consider at the very least, I still encourage you, even if you're like, right on, I've received this download, or I, I know in my intuition that this is, you know, fill in the blank for whatever energy or, or entity it is. Um, <laughs> I still really encourage you to do your research on what working with that energy or entity is like, what it looks like, what other people have experienced, different attributes or traits around them. Um, because again, this is, it's, it's similar to, I had one witch tell me one time, it was like dating. Um, it was like getting to know somebody, it was learning more about them. And I do really, really encourage that because if you're considering some kind of long-term committed, again, worship or following type of relationship or connection to this energy, uh, really make sure first. And don't forget, like I said, you can work with any of these entities without devoting and committing yourself to them. You can call upon or invoke these energies and, and ask for their help essentially, or ask for their guidance, you know, whenever you need it. That's, it doesn't need to be, um, it doesn't have to be a long ongoing thing. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be at all. A lot of people will do specifically a Venus ritual on Venus day. And it's both invoking and honoring the very goddess form of Venus and this very planetary form of Venus. Okay. Um, and, really remember the reason you're bringing offerings is because of the divine energy exchange. Just like we spend so much time talking about, that's why we do offerings. It's not to be some woo-woo like thing, like, like giving, I just give food to this invisible force. And I just like, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm trying to, <laughs> as you can see, having a hard time, I'm trying to understand and go back, honestly, back in time, in my mind of what I used to like judgmentally 
think about people that would worship another energy and like the different, you know, arguments I had against that. And now I've been, I've done this for so long that I'm having a hard time putting that into words. Thanks, Mercury retrograde. But the point is that the reason we do the offerings, the reason you you offer a sacrifice or because a sacrifice can be anything, anything. Some people give a strand of their hair. Some people give their time. Either one is a sacrifice, for example. Um, I used to give like the last cookie, you know what I mean? Things like that. Like that's a, that's a sacrifice. You know what I mean? That, that's, it's, it's simple and it doesn't have to be like the blood sacrifice. Uh, we'll talk about blood magic. We are doing a quick, easy episode today. We're not getting into, we're not falling down the blood magic episode today, but we will. Don't you worry. Of course we will. Scorpio runs the show. Um, The offering is you participating in the divine energy exchange. You're asking for guidance. You're asking for gifts or blessings, whatever it is, you know, help, whatever it is that you're asking for this energy. You don't just ask for nothing, right? You provide something. It's an exchange of goods and services. That's what the offering's for. Now, to help inspire you about what kind of offerings and what kind of activities you can do, if you will, or practices you can do, to work with the or deity or energy or entity or to honor them. Um, These answers are found in that research that I encourage you to do. When you familiarize yourself with that energy and you really personify it, which is honestly for me, big reason why learning astrology became so easy because I started personifying the energies. I think that it helped that I had such a background in witchcraft before I started studying astrology instead of vice versa, because I was able to personify the energies of the planets and really understand them on this like relational, personal level. I get people. Most of us do. I get lots of people. You know why? Because I interact with people all the time. All of us do. And so when you personify something, it is to bring it more into your realm of awareness. It's to make it more equal with you, okay? So when you do this research, when you maybe potentially eventually turn that into an altar space dedicated to that energy or that entity, um, while you're doing that research, you're discovering things and traits. You're you're developing an understanding of, of this energy's likes and dislikes, right? Things that it would join and things that it wouldn't, like especially based around if that... So for Hades, for example, one of the major teaching of teachings of Hades is emotional balance because Hades is the god of the underworld and he was bestowed this responsibility and it's a big fucking responsibility to decide where everyone goes in the underworld. It takes, I loved learning this in my research about Hades. It takes the most just God, the most justice, the most balance, the most truly emotionally balanced. And that's why, that's why Scorpio, um, which is very much a child of Hades, um, and Pluto, right? Scorpio operates and has to learn lessons about emotional extremes. That's why a lot of Scorpios, myself included, obviously feel very called to work with Hades because my life, I have always felt very burdened by my emotional extremes. And so a lot of my workings with Hades, that's why I said it's very shadow work based. A lot of my practice with him was just 
writing in letters in my journal and giving him my time and giving him my neutrality and and showing that I had been learning through this inner work and learning through my research and learning from my my meditations with him that um I was proving okay I'm not you know I'm never going to be perfect obviously I'm still a human being I'm this organic being but here's a lot of this progress that I'm making I even those, even those like moments out in life, when you, when you apply some kind of teaching from your deity, that in and of itself is also a form of the worship. It's also a form of your offering. You're showing that you're being accountable. You're showing that you're present and you're showing up. So don't feel like you have to have a lot of money or time or space to, to work with outside energies. It should very much be something that much more easily aligns with your life. So sometimes I do big offering rituals where I go specifically buy some flowers or a specific plant, um, a specific beverage or bottle of liquor or something like that, specific type of food or treat that I buy or, or make myself. Um, or a little gift that I find out in nature or buy at the thrift store, whatever it is, right? That little, those little, um, uh, offerings and gifts, those are great. And sometimes I do that and I, I make these big rituals. The vast majority, and I mean vast majority of my deity worship and relationship is in a lot of my mindfulness work. A lot of you know that I'm, I'm a very, mindset centric practitioner in general, I teach people and work in the mind very often. I think this is my Pisces moon very, very much. So I do a lot, a lot of mind work and work with the subconscious. Um, and so a lot of my work is visualization. It's meditation. It's my conversations out loud with these deities. It's my remembering and hearing and allowing their messages to come forward in, in, you know, a moment of teaching and a moment of realization and not hiding away from it. Um, that's really how I feel and am so active in my deity relationships and in my worship is I I really just try to be accountable for my teachings and the things that I've learned along the way. I um I also come up with affirmations and mantras that I dedicate to them or that I, I interpret and like take from meditations or things that I learn about them and their lessons. Right. And I'll, I'll take that and turn it into an affirmation or a mantra. That's where the strength and grace came from with Inanna. Um, that is just a short, simple, quick phrase that whenever I feel her presence, like reminding me of something, that's how I, I honor her or I acknowledge her in that moment. I go, you're right. Strength and grace. Okay. So, um, really, really, it doesn't need to be this super crazy set aside amount or huge amount of time that you set aside and money that you put towards this. Your guides and your deities are, are here to, to help you grow. They're not about, and honestly, right now with these little, 
my puppy chewing on her chew bone and flies flying in my face. Right now, this is a big lesson of Mercury retrograde. <laughs> and Mercury is like, mm, what if I annoy you? What if I annoy you? What if I annoy you? Will you explode? Will you explode and blow up and edit all of this out? No, I'm going to use this as a teaching moment and I'm going to blaze through it. Okay. That's again, that's me working with Mercury in that moment. I really, really do just in a, in purely in my mind, I incorporate the lessons and messages of these outside entities into my daily life and work and relationships wherever I can. And that is me bonding and working with these energies. And, and yeah, sometimes I, I give them offerings and things. And again, the internet is a beautiful, beautiful place to do that, to find those things. Um, I've mentioned before, you know, one of the best couple of places or two of the best places are Tumblr, surprisingly, and Pinterest. Uh, really great. Um, TikTok is growing and not too bad for some deity worship information. And some are, uh, oh, look at me succumbing to the, to the Mercury retrograde. <laughs> it's a good thing. She's so cute. Um, you know, that's a really good source to start is Pinterest and Tumblr. But on TikTok, I encourage you to, no matter where you are, no matter where you are, fact check and do your research. The only reason it's a little easier on Tumblr and Pinterest is I just find on a majority basis, a lot of the people that write the different articles um, source them. I, I find a lot of them to be sourced. So that helps a lot because when you're doing deity work, you know, a lot of the information we've developed around the traits and characteristics, if you will, of these gods and goddesses, specifically when it comes to, or any mythological energy specifically, you know, we're going off of mythology, we're going off of stories, and we're going off of the telephone effect of these things being passed down, passed down by word of mouth. We're talking about them going through multiple language translations. And so a lot of this is gut and intuition work. Don't get me wrong. But that's why you have to do a little bit, especially when it's for like mythological. Nah, I'd say it with all of them. Any energy, whether it's extraterrestrials and aliens, spirits, I really would just always encourage you to do your due diligence when it comes to comes to research and learning as much as you can because it's not a human. You can't go out to dinner and ask them these human questions and this human sits there and tells you. It's a very different kind of relationship. So you have to get to know them in, in a lot of different ways. So really, truly, I find that in your study and learning and research is where a lot, a lot of that getting to know part happens. And then um, as you start working with that deity, so you can like, you can dedicate certain tools to specific energies. So I have a deck that I only use and read with Hades, period. I have a journal that I only use and write to Hades in. Mm -hmm. um, you can do this with certain crystals, uh, pendulums, right? Decks, runes. Um, there, there really are so many things in that way and use that as a form of communication and a form of bond. But again, you, free 99, you can also just ground and center and cleanse your energy and set the intention and ask that energy to come forth to you in meditation. And you can really allow their energy to come forth 
And you might see images, you might see words, you might hear words or hear phrases. Um, You might see a being and you might have a conversation or it might just show you scenes. Whatever it is, open your mind and absorb this as easily as you can, as neutrally as you can. And when you come out of that meditation or out of that channel, then you want to, I personally recommend either talking out loud, like in a recorder, um, like on your phone recorder or on your computer or writing it down on a piece of paper or your journal. Because I think in that reflection process after is really, really when you get the big answers. Sometimes while you're in meditation, you do have some of that understanding that like waking understanding, um, but it can be very dreamlike. And so it's important that you do that, that very grounded step afterwards of bringing whatever you experienced in your mind in the ether and bringing it into your reality and existence here on earth so that then you can make sense of it and understand it better. Okay. It's a really, again, it's free to meditate with your guides and your deities. And there's tons of guided meditations online. If you are intimidated at all about doing this on your own, Um, This is definitely something that I'm going to teach more and more about in that witch school on the blog. I definitely want to offer more and more education on not just meditating in a basic sense, although I will with that as well, but specifically connecting and what we do when we get into that meditative space and who we can communicate with and how and our boundaries there, all of those kinds of things. So I think that this is... And a, a pretty well-rounded stopping point for now. I think that this is a very good start and plenty of information to get started on and inspired from. Uh, please, you know, my, my inbox is open. I would love to talk. If you um, have any questions around this episode, if you feel like you've been being called by a deity and you need a little, you're feeling a little stuck in what direction to go, I'm happy to be, you know, the one that gives you a little push in whichever direction you need. Um, that being said, I did want to take just a couple minutes at the end here to update all of you on my platforms and my content and stuff. So if you're not already on my Instagram, or maybe you missed my little announcement last week, I am shifting my energy on my platforms a little bit. So while I'm not completely removing myself from Instagram, you will see a lot less of me on Instagram. Uh, I will be using that platform much more as like a bulletin board, like a place for announcements and updates and offers and specials and things like that. Um, It's mostly going to be the Insta part of Instagram, this instant, quick, convenient way for me to hop on and connect with all of you. So sending me a DM on Instagram is still always a perfectly acceptable way of getting a hold of me. Um, Just like via email, I still have like, roughly 24 to 48 hour response time, depending on, you know, how many DMs or emails that I have, especially after an episode. Um, But I still am active and on there for communication. What I'm updating you on is if you're looking for more in-depth educational content outside of the show and podcast, you're not going to be finding that on Instagram anymore. You will find that on my blog, on the show, continued, obviously. and in that witch school. So we're really nearing that witch school and it's it's such a beautiful process preparing and creating this community in this space because it's inspired so much more alignment for me. And what I really have come to the realization of, especially in the last weeks, especially since honestly, it's like the moment the sun moved into Aquarius, uh, 
I, I really want to uphold my views and teachings about mindfulness and alignment. And so trying to be on a platform in a community or create a community that I feel so disaligned with who runs that platform really has nothing to do with my actual audience. I love like all of my Instagram followers. I love connecting with all of you. That's why I'll never come off of there. Um, But I really, really, really just fundamentally disagree with the systems that control and run Instagram and Facebook itself. And again, if you listen to the Divine Energy Exchange, you heard me definitely tangent about that. So I made this decision and this move to really be accountable to that. And honestly, this feels much more aligned anyways. The biggest reason truly why I feel so, so like capped and, and, and dimmed on Instagram is because there's like not... For me, at least as a user, there's not nearly as much creative expression and exploration for me there. I can do so much more with my educational content on my blog and on the podcast um, as my as my free platforms, you know. And then if you, whenever you are ready to go more in depth, then I really encourage you to consider joining that witch school after we launch in spring. And I can't believe it's going to be so soon. So that witch school for any of you that are curious, there's so many of you on the wait list. It's, it's insane. I, I, (laughs) I've had the wait list open for a little while now and, uh, we're just over 70 people already on the wait list. This is just amazing. Uh, but what you can look forward to expecting all of you amazing, magical little witchies of mine is, a big chunky membership with very, very high value packed educational lessons and content anywhere from like classes and courses to exercise and homework. Um, and that branches off even more into spells and recipes and spreads and I mean, discussion points and all kind. I mean, all kinds of stuff when it comes to the educational content, but I'm also incorporating a really, really important community aspect into this and really bringing that school community feel into the membership. So we will have a group all to ourselves over on Mighty Networks. And this is a place where we can grow and learn and relate to each other together in a safe space. Um, free from imposter robots that I also ranted about in my divine energy exchange part one episode. Um, so there will be this community aspect on mighty network so that we're all really accountability buddies. And again, growing and learning from each other, collaborating with each other is a big thing. And then, um, this will also give way to group events that will be available to the public to purchase, but those events will come for free or discounted for uh, members of that witch school. And then discounts are going to be applied completely site-wide. If you have worked with me before, you know that um, I really try to offer as many discounts as possible if you've worked with me before, um, because I love working with you over and over again, all my fixed fixed energy in my chart. I just want to work with you. Um, and so 
and see you grow and cheer you on. And so, you know, these events will be looking like workshops, one-off classes, uh, things like that. Sometimes it'll be in magic. Sometimes it'll be in certain aspects of astrology. Uh, sometimes it may, might, might be growing and developing your pro- professional business. Um, while these classes will be available for drop-in purchase, they will come again for complete free entry or very discounted entry for members. And then this will also, these discounts will apply to my one-on-one services. You'll get a discount on uh, my mentorship program. If you're in the school and you decide you want to, you want to do the Think and Grow Witch mentorship, there will be a discount because you're a member. Um, when I, launch my merch shop later this year. Um, you will definitely get discounts on uh, podcast and show merchandise and things like that. And just fun witchy merch that I'm excited to get to all of you. So tons of benefits. Quite honestly, this is the tip of the iceberg that I could give you in a description and spiel without totally losing you. So just know it's this and so, so much more. I cannot wait to see you there. And um, if you have any questions on any of this, of course, reach out to me. Don't forget to sign up for the wait list because you're going to get a really amazing gift and discount and special uh, special offer when we do launch in spring. So you want to make sure you're already on the wait list. But um, if you have any questions about anything, I'm an open book. I'm totally transparent and I'd love to help guide or answer anything for you. All right. You can find answers to this and more. My contact information on my website, thatwitchnextdoor.com. All of you witchy neighbors of mine are absolutely incredible. Thank you so, so much again for tuning into another episode. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. We have got a really cool Aquarius new moon coming up and an even cooler Aquarius new moon shadow chats with Ashley coming out on Friday. So you don't want to miss that. Make sure you come back. All right, everybody. I love you. Stay safe and stay magical out there. so much for listening to today's episode, you magical human you. I am so appreciative of every single download and play of the show. If you like what you heard here today and you want to support the show, the best way to do that is to head over to iTunes or Spotify and leave a five-star rating as well as a nice review. If you do enjoy what we talk about here, I would be pretty willing to bet that you would also really, really like my pre-show tarot reading that I do exclusively on YouTube for pretty much every single episode, which is twice a week. So head it over to YouTube and don't forget to subscribe to my channel, That Witch Next Door. If you're interested in working with me, I offer some really awesome one-on-one services. I do astrology for personal growth and soul development. I also offer one-on-one business mentoring sessions as well. You can find out more about booking, schedule, and the cost by going to my website at witchnextdoor.com services. If you're interested in a long-term growth and transformation program, really working with a mentor one-on-one to grow not only your life and your business, but your spirituality and your witchcraft, it sounds like my Think and Grow Witch Mentorship might just be for you. You can head over to my website, thatwitchnextdoor.com slash mentorship to apply for that now. I only work with a maximum of two, maybe three mentorship clients at one time to devote my full and complete energy to this incredible program. 
program. I also offer payment plans on all, yes, all of my one-on-one services, including one-off single sessions. So never hesitate to reach out to me with that. I am very, very happy to work with your budget. If you are interested in taking this podcast into your hands and really running with it to learn and grow more of your spirituality and your witchcraft, you will want to be on the wait list for that witch school. That witch school is going to be a monthly membership that has big quarterly lessons and courses, trainings, spell work, recipes, tarot spreads, journal prompts, homework, exercises. We're going to have live classes and events. We're going to have an online community for support and growth and accountability. You're also going to have access to site-wide discounts on my services, as well as my merch shop when we open later this year. And early access to episodes. Anyone in that witch school is going to get 24 hours early access to all podcast episodes. You don't want to miss this. It's all of this and so much more. I cannot wait to see you there. Get to thatwitchnextdoor.com slash thatwitchschool and sign up for that wait list. We start spring 2022.